And this is a podcast to magically disappoint your parents. That's, re- that's really disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> we here. We're back on the show. Bet you missed us. Um, so how's everybody feeling now that we're back? I missed you all. You <laughs> feeling good. Feeling great. Feeling great. Feeling good. Ooh, all the G's. <laughs> I thought you were still going with like the apps, like like feeling fagot na fagot. Y'all are finishing each other's sentences today. Guys, we're uh, well, soulmates. We're soulmates, and also we uh, finish. Each- I, I still can't you know stop with like the apps. We can, we can workshop this later. Yes, we can. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, we're gonna. Do a little bit different today. We have Daniel, who's leading our episode. That's me. Hi. Um, okay, so um, one of the main things that um, both Jean and Nicole know me f- know me for is um, reading. <laughs> being because, a nerd. Sorry, <laughs> being, being a nerd. I am yes, an English teacher, and um, as far as I know, I am the teacher for. One of y'all's listeners, uh, <laughs> students. <laughs> ah! <laughs> um, I just hope that like some of the information that has been uh, relayed um, through this podcast does not go to my students' ears <laughs> because then they know a lot about me. <laughs> um, but for this episode, we're going to talk about books. Yay! Um, because that is one of my passions. Um, I. I don't know. I just like get lost in books, mm. and sometimes when I think about like, when I think about books. I'm just like I'm, I'm there. Like you I'm not love anywhere. to read. I yes, yes. Oh, I do love to read. Um, and one of the main things that you know, like I, I thought about like my relationship with books, and I want to ask you both this question: mm. What was the first book you remember reading? Um, so my first book that I remember reading is um, his name is Arthur, like Arthur that character. Oh, from like, PBS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen him? Is he like yeah. an aardvark or something? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> For some reason, I thought like King Arthur, and I'm like, no, no, okay. no, 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 no. <laughs> Arthur, like, so he's like this small brown um, character with glasses, and I felt really seen. <laughs> <laughs> and so, oh my gosh, you and DW kind of have. Oh my god! <laughs> Someone put a mole on DW, and it's Gene Munson. <laughs> uh, see how fiction uh, perpetuates in my life. Yeah, like I will always remember there was a story where he was trying to find something for his family, and he didn't find what he wanted. So he put all the things he wanted um, to give his family into a big piece of Jello, and um, they hated it. So that's how the <laughs> spoilers. That's here for the first book you remember reading. Yes. Um, I, I, I don't remember my first book, but I remember my favorite childhood book was If You Give a Mouse a Cookie, mm. which yeah. I'm wondering now is like, because I don't really remember. I remember like the concept of if you give a mouse a cookie, then they're going to want like a Tesla car or something. <laughs> so is this like, is it commentary on socialism? Or social welfare? Is that what this is about? Wait, you were thinking that when you were like... No. <laughs> you were a, a what was that kid? infiltrating the ideas oh, to like, bring Nicole to where they're at? <laughs> that book turned me into a socialist. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but yeah, that and then I think later on, there's a boy in the girl's bathroom. It was oh, another favorite of mine that I read. Boy in the girl's bathroom. Yeah, I, I think it... Chapter ooh, book though, right? Yes, okay. chapter book... 
I think it was about this like awkward boy who had this relationship, like a mentoring relationship with a teacher maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't remember it, but I remember it just being a beat up book because I read it so much. How about you, Daniel? Do you um, remember? Funny story. Um, I can't remember like the first book I read when I was a little kid. I do remember um, like opening up like a like buy-in box because my dad used to um, I used to send back buy-in boxes from um, from abroad, um, and I would get those um, like cheap, very like great value but Disney mm-hmm. um, like books of like the plots of Disney movies. Oh, with the gold. Yeah. Is it oh, like the... golden something? Golden, golden books? books? Yeah. Yeah. I so had a like, ton of those too. I remember reading those, but like the very first chapter book that I've ever read in America um, is called The Year of Miss Agnes. And again, like been a nerd since childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I moved to Alaska, um, I joined this, um, I joined this group called Battle of the Books. Oh, wow. Wow. That actually sounds real cool. I'm into it. So, like, the point of it is, like, to read, like, these books on this list, and then you just, like, compete with, like, like, other students in Alaska um, to finish those books, to be, like, asked questions about those books, and then if you get those questions right, you move to the next round. It's, like, a book marathon? Book marathons slash game show. Slash spelling bee? Because it's like yeah. competitive in public, yeah. yeah, and slash like um, like when it like a tough mutter, yeah, <laughs> like tough mutter equivalent in a Spartan race. With I like this alliteration of battle of the books. But, yeah, so like I remember that, and then um, so okay, so just thinking about like all the books that like we've read. Yours is about an aardvark. Yours is about the mouse. <laughs> My book is um. Disney characters and like this white teacher mm. who goes to um, Alaskan villages to um, yeah to colonize yes okay to colonize but then like you know it's just like wow what a great story what a happy ending <laughs> um, and recently I've only started having this like epiphany again mm. going back to like my like Filipino identity development realizing that like within like this literary sphere where, like, Filipino representation is starting to crop up. Mm. Um, and that's why we're going to talk about this, hey. because it's like, w- like, when did we, like, when did we start reading about us? Representation matters! Yes, it, yes, it does. Yes, it does. So before we, like, at the very end of this episode, we're going to talk about, like, the books that we've read that show Filipino representation and, like, what that means for us and also what you could do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, because we've done things to these books that we've read that show our Filipinoness, right? Um, but before we get there, we're going to go back in time. We're time uh, traveling, y'all. Yes, we are. Because kind of like in books, you time travel and space Ooh. travel. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. It's possible. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk about um, again going back as a kid. What was reading like at home? Um, so I'll go first. You know, reading at home is kind of my shaping into the model minority, right? Like if my kid, <laughs> if my kid reads so many books, they'll be so educated, they'll go to college and get a job, right? So like my mom was like, 
buying highlights and Dr. Seuss and stuff and like just really saturating it. And it's such a turnaround now because um, she really wants me to get rid of my books. She thinks they're trash in my home. Right. So like I just want to be like, you did this to me. I can't believe that in a future episode of Bruja Baddies, <laughs> when Jean and Auntie G talk about books oh, shit. and this impact. <laughs> you started this, Daniel. <laughs> I'm sorry. Actually, no, we're disappointing our parents. Yay! Yay! Yay. We're on brand! brand. <laughs> um, oh, it's my turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, my parents are, I remember them being like very active readers, but my mom would solely read like a uh, religious text and we had a lot of magazines. Like we had a lot of like sunset, better homes and gardens. Oh, I've seen that. Um, and then my dad was also a big subscriber to Reader's Digest. So oh. he was always reading a lot of like historical nonfiction. <laughs> so like I never saw them read for fun or to read like Mm -hmm. as as reading I think for them was like um not a form of escapism but like it served a function like a a a different function other than like entertainment is it more just like information gathering and that's it like for the sole purpose of trivia (laughs) maybe but they wouldn't even do like trivia like maybe it's like personal fulfillment. Okay. I don't know. This it's is... very Western, like or like you know aesthetics and like form of liter- literary interest, like historical. Yeah, right. Like we had like... had a lot of um, like coffee table books that were like Jesus of Nazareth <laughs> and like um, our universe, like just um, like stuff about like. Uh, pioneers and yeah, like Western, Western expansion, yeah. <laughs> but nothing ever like. I can't remember anything cultural, mm. right? Unless it was like Mormons, right? Oh, not even like, not like stories from around the world. Not even that. I don't. Unless they were like Bible stories. Oh, but that's not around the world. This is purely Western. <laughs> Yeah, but I guess maybe, like, it had brown faces on it or something. I don't know. I have to tell you, you just always bring something up for me. Because, you know, you're talking about these thick books. I think about the encyclopedias. And mm. I used to, as a kid, go and look up the Philippines several <gasps> times and be like, we are in here. And then I would close the book. And I would do it periodically throughout from, from when I would get those from grade school to um, high they school. Wor- world books? Yeah, like, world, world books, book yeah. Like, I'd be like... Like the a Philippines, yeah, yeah. I'd be like, we're wow. here. And then I would close it. And it would just bring me joy every time. But yeah, I just remembered, like, I used to do that. Like, me and my brother, like, look, we're in here. And then close it every time. But was it like, we're in here and we're savages? No, it was just like, you know, the location on the mm. map and like, there's this is how many shoes that Imelda Marcos has. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it's interesting. It was really interesting because that was the only thing that. I felt I could see about us at the time. The only thing, like, like another books. thing that, like, um, that reminded me of, like, me just, like, perusing through the library. Like, it's not just at World Encyclopedias. Mm-hmm. I would go to, like, the travel section. Mm-hmm. And, like, everything that I'm just, oh, wow, look, like, there's, like, Boracay Beach. Uh-huh. Wow, there's, like, the, like, the um, Lunetta Park. But that that's literally it. It's, like, everything is being sold about the Philippines. Right, the location, but Tourism. not the people right. and that narrative. Right. Yeah. 
So then I guess it's just that, like, it's encyclopedia and tourism. Right. Yeah. But not residents. Right. Hmm. Um, oof. Okay. So then now we're going, we're going from your, like, the parents' perspective. So there's, a, there's, so in both households, there's a lot of books. Um, so now let's go jump to, like, your perspective as a kid, like what was reading like to you? I loved it, especially being secluded on an island. Like, and we didn't, we only had like two bookstores and like three libraries in Guam. And so <clears throat> it was like my one thing that I could see outside of the world. Mm. And it was, I loved it. Mm. Um, and, you know, I got away with it being young because it's just like, oh, you know, this is going to make her smarter. But I was reading like, really dumb stuff you know what I mean like but if it's in, coming in the form of the book it's like oh it must be profound so that was how um, like really how they judged it but sometimes they'd be like oh I'm buying erotica but they don't know, you know? <laughs> what <laughs> like they don't know oh my gosh <laughs> I could not even imagine I'll be like mom it's just a book <laughs> you know can I have money for a book <laughs> Or the sexy manga, like, mm. <laughs> oh my gosh. But I got away with it because, you know. Because it's a book. My kid's reading. Yeah. It's interesting. I I owned some Laurel Ingalls Wilder, speaking of mm. colonization. A little house on the prairie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, so I, I read those growing up. And then I think, um, like, middle school, I, I have a friend that introduced me to some Christopher Pikes. And so, like, some uh, vampire shit. Oh I don't even remember them. Um, but I remember really liking them a lot. Um, I was, like, an advanced reader but uh, as a child. But then um, I think once the book reports got more intense, that's when, like, my relationship to, like, reading comprehension and assignments changed. Yeah. Um, and then also I'm pretty sure I had, like some form of ADD that was not diagnosed. Like, right. I know I have it now as an adult, but I think that that as, like, that not knowing what that was, mm-hmm. um, like, really showed up in how I, like, my relationship to reading and school. Right. Um, like, I loved <clears throat> English, but I, like, would fail English classes because, mm-hmm. like, I just couldn't wrap my head around doing the work. Or, like, I had a very difficult time doing the work. Right. Um, but, like, I loved reading, like, entertainment stuff. Like, so, Disney Adventures. I don't know if you remember that. You might be too young, Daniel. <laughs> Sorry, Disney Adventures. Disney, so, do you remember Disney Adventures? I think Jean? I do. Explain. So, it's like the size of a Reader's Digest. It's small. <gasps> yeah. That was, like, my favorite thing that, like, my dad, like, really... Is it something, like, you'd buy at Walmart, like, a magazine? Yeah. It's yes, like, but it's, it's, like... It's small. Oh, I fucking loved it. I was like, <laughs> oh, I still have mine? <laughs> my mom gave mine away. Without my Damn. permission. Damn. Well, you know, I'm really calling it. I'm, like, listen, so I'm, like, in the process of getting my shit out of my mom's house, and so, like, I'll let you borrow some of them. Let me yeah. <laughs> But, like, so, like, I loved that like reading for entertainment was like was like that for me um and I really wanted to get into comic books but like I didn't have the budget for that and then I felt weird going into a comic book shop as like Mm. a younger person yeah what about you Daniel kind of books that I uh, like my personal perspectives and I was a nerd so like I just love reading everything and also like I had the 
the the mission to like get all of the books done and like really read through. Um, I'm trying to remember. I can't remember like any books I've read like in middle school times. Mm. However, um, right around like freshman years when I started um, like working for the library. Wow, that's like living the dream. I know. Oh my gosh. Um, I remember working for the library, so I have like access to like all of the Mm -hmm. books. I do remember one time, and I've never told anyone else, so this is fresh (gasps) news, people. Um, I do remember one time I got a, a romance novel. And, like, I think it's called, like, Seduced by the Devil or something. <laughs> yes! And, um, again, as a budding queer person, I was just like, I want to know more about this idea of sex or something. Mm-hmm. Like, what does that mean? Uh-huh. Um, Is it a pulp fiction? I don't know. What, what, what makes it pulp? Is it, like, the Harlequin stuff? Um, it's definitely not those like those the little one. like cheapo Walmart brand like just like has like a picture of like a naked person no. and like no I guess it was like more like propaganda I'm the wrong person to answer this yeah <laughs> oh no no oh no it was like, it was not full fiction okay so it definitely like was like a, a uh, like a, a book written by someone and just you know like it's a romance but like the premise of the story because I've read it <laughs> the premise of the story <laughs> is like a woman who was literally seduced by the devil Boo. like but the devil was just like you know this like like debonair dashing man oh you know? my gosh um and then I was just like cool so that's what sex is like <laughs> <laughs> so then I Damn. yeah like I I you know put it back I didn't even check it out I just took it from the library <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, um, wow. But I do, okay, so I think a very um, important transformation for me, like for reading, is during high school. I guess, again, during like uh, freshman years when I started getting into like quote, quote, classics or like literature. Mm. Um, literature. So then, <laughs> yeah, so then I like, you know, like read like The Stranger, I read like Dostoevsky, I read like Steinbeck, blah 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 and all that stuff and I just kept going and going all the way through college and now I'm an English teacher so reading those things um, so now I guess like to segue like into like adulthood mm. right? Like what stuff are we reading now? Mm. <laughs> this is the part where you get a notebook and start taking notes Oh yeah now. yeah yeah. Well I mean like <clears throat> folks can also press pause. Yes <laughs> Truly, truly. <laughs> or like living in the future. Um, sorry, I'm still trying to. Before we go into our recommended reads, I'm still trying. Like that's really radical that we found sexuality yeah. in books. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, when we think about radical, we think about political activism. But like, oh my god, this is the real deal. There are Asian folks, Filipinx folks, who are like, shh. This is where we um, find yes. our sexy. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, I know for a fact that back in Guam, people will be tearing up the plastic mangas with the sex content to read that shit for free. Hide the plastic, but to, you know, behind, you know what I mean? Like, y'all, y'all, I, we, the secret's out. The titas know. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny like just uh literature and sex because <laughs> okay so I had the same English teacher my uh 
sophomore. Actually, he was a student teacher my freshman year, and then I had him every year after that. Mm-hmm. Oh. I know. Um, sorry to disappoint you, Mr. Title. <laughs> but, um, but so we had this one reading assignment, and like I needed a fiction book. And so I just grabbed, like, some fat paper book thing that was, like, you know, before you check out at the grocery store. And it looked science fiction, so I was like, yeah, I love the X-Files, whatever, I'll read this. (laughs) And my, it was, like, seven bucks, and, you know, that's as much money as my parents were willing to spend on me that day. Um, And so I read it, and I didn't know that there was going to be sex in it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That was my first, like, exposure to something that was a little uh, erotic, but uh, not the last. Yes, not the last. Um, you'll have to look more into the work that um, Nicole does around fandom in this kind of evolution of it. <laughs> Anywho, back to Daniel. Well, I mean, going just... back, let's let's go back to like this idea of like being radical with mm-hmm. reading. Mm-hmm. So, like the books that I read in high school. Yeah, they're considered like the classics. Like <sighs> everyone reads them. Like you know what everyone, that means. everyone who graduates, you know, like should have read um, Hamlet. I mean, granted, that's a great play, full of drama. Great, canon. Um, Grace Wrath, long hated it. Canon. Are you telling me you hate Bukowski? Hate I'm Bukowski. just like I, I just threw out a name. <laughs> no, I honestly but, like. But honestly, though, Bukowski, <laughs> misogynist, canon. Um, I mean, we know canon is uh, is code for white and dead, and yeah. that it's still Mail. showing up on um, upper division high school classes right. as recommended reading, continuing the process of profiting off these classics. Right, <clears throat> right, and also like. There's this, I guess, like, there's this rule that, that literature is, um, like, talks about, like, themes that are, like, universal, themes that are, you know, like, everyone might, you know, uh, like, experience. But it's like, yeah, but, like, those characters still be white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those characters are still from Europe. Mm-hmm. Those characters are still um, <coughs> shitty. Yeah. Like, in, in a lot of those books. I mean, I hear you. I never felt seen in Jane Austen novels. <laughs> Jane Austen. Oh my gosh, that's your new my new pen name. Your new zine series. It's called my Jane new, Austen. Uh, yeah, my my romance series. You heard it first. Plot Twist Publishing is um, working on a series called Jane Austen. Jane Austen. I can't wait to see Koi in this. Honestly. Like, I, okay, I really, like, struggled when that was recommended reading, like, because I never understood the, um, the romance structures in that, that one time my teacher was like, how do you know they're in love? And I was like, I don't know, because it wasn't in context in my Asian lens, and she's like, he breathed on her neck, or, like, he touched her hand, I was like, I don't fucking know. Maybe? I was like, I don't fucking know. (laughs) Um, so yeah, that's just my beef. So I guess, in a sense, like this, like, uh, what is it called? Um, problematizing, troubling <laughs> the, uh, this idea of the canon or this idea of literature. <clears throat> um, like, where are, like, where are we as, like, Philippine X? Where are we at in, like, where are we in that sphere? Hmm. Um, are we anywhere in that sphere even? 
I mean, according to this list that we're about to talk about, <laughs> um, I mean, in the way that I know both of you, like I know that Nicole's an active um, consumer of academic books. Like when they go to conferences, they deliberately try to, <laughs> um, you know, purchase from um, researchers, and I think that's that's good practice. Um, for me, I try to put you know, queer POC on my graphic novels list. And, you know, Daniel is active in his curriculum. Yeah, yeah, I've started to put in a lot of, like, Filipino stuff that I'll implement, or that I've implemented in my classroom and also will implement in, like, the following classrooms. Right. Because I do have some Filipino, like, students <coughs> who are still reading um, Hemingway or, like, Falcon. Bye. Um, Bye. Well, anyways, this would be a great time for you to pause to get a notebook because we're going to be listing out some books for you to listen to, to read, to look on your Kindle, or I don't know, to to do your own research, to do your own work, to read more things. And just to also preface before we go into this list is that go deliberately into Barnes & Noble or your local bookstore and ask them to order this book mm -hmm. because that helps somebody else know, probably have access because they'll put it on the shelf because they know that there's interest. So that's a small radical act. Also, you can um, have your librarians mm -hmm. order Ooh, these books yes, too. Huge. Yes. Yeah. Great advice. Um, so I'm going to come out of the literary closet as like someone <laughs> who does not read, <laughs> really. Um, and so. I, I think I want to identify that all three of us are from, like, different reading yes. um, practices, I guess. Mm -hmm. Which is okay. Yes. So this is um, for all the folks out there who don't read. Right. That's me. Yes. So we're going to go by genre or something. <laughs> um, let's start off with fiction. So for, for those who are book curious, here's some fiction picks. Did you say book curious? I love yes. that. <laughs> Continue. Also, I was thinking That's about like, another pun, like Biblioteca Tecamuna. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. That's right? Really good. I can't believe we have to make those stickers now. <laughs> Biblioteca Muna. <laughs> we got to. This is more about our wish list of many things. All right. I'm going back to our list. Okay, we're getting to the list. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, y'all. <laughs> um, okay, fiction. My pick is Mia Olivar's um, collection of short stories called In the Country. There's like 10, 12 um, short stories that all are in like different parts of like a uh, Filipino diaspora because there's some stories in the Middle East, some stories wow. in like America, some stories mm. of like um, someone who goes back from America to, um, to, the Philippines to take care of like a family member. So there's different different stories. There's also like a what is it called? Um, kind of a masked story of um, the Aquinos. Oh wow. Yeah. In that same book? In that same book. So different like different times, different places, different eras. For one author. Di for one author. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, my pick is America is Not in the Heart by Elaine Castillo. I think it is a great um, 
bookend or not a bookend, but a quick a great continuation of Bulasan's work um, in terms of what does it look like for a queer woman during wartime in their migration to America in the Bay Area. So shout out to Elaine Castillo for making a real page turner. Um, that's on my to-read list. You'd love it. Um, Same. My pick is Brujas, a collection of Filipinas and other dangerous creatures by Trinidad Escobar, um, who's an Oakland-based cartoonist, uh, writer. Um, this particular mini-comic zine um, decolonizes um, Filipino mythology and, like, queers it, and, this, and I love everything about it and all of Trinidad's work. We love you, Trinidad. What's it? Love, love, love. <laughs> um, switching gears to nonfiction. Um, for my pick, I have Grace Toulouse's The Body Papers. Um, this was a rough read. Mm. Um, it's her memoir. Um, she talks about not only immigration because she immigrated um, from immigrated from the Philippines when she was a, a young girl. Um, so there's um, talks about like immigration, also like documentation too, um, and then she also mm-hmm. talks about being in a um, in a um, mixed race relationship. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, she also talks about um, sexual assault and abuse by a family member. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of that, um, it's it's. It was a really rough read. I had to put it down after, um, after like many like moments in the book because mm-hmm. I was just like, like these things are happening to our people right now. Yeah, yeah, that's heavy. It's very heavy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so uh, my pick is a graphic novel called Duran Duran: Imelda Marcos and Me by Lorena Mappa. And at the time, I was trying to get a gift for somebody. It was um, it was sold out, so I'm really glad for Lorena. <laughs> There's technical <laughs> difficulties. <laughs> and we wouldn't be Bruja Values if we weren't doing that. Um, so yeah, I really I really love that work just because it shows what day to day life is like for a child during the Marcos era, and also um, her lens into the People Power Revolution mm. as a child and how that changed. Mm. Her. So, um, just beautifully illustrated, and I'm really glad that book exists. Um, I don't read a lot. <laughs> I read a lot of nonfiction, and so I'm going to suggest um, a poetry book called "When the Chant Comes" by K. Ulandai Barrett, um, who is a queer non-binary, mm-hmm. a trans queer non-binary. Um, disability rights activist um i can't remember i think i found their stuff through dr erica um abad but i remember reading oh, some of Kay's work online and just like crying um and i i follow them um and it's really cool and i've i've seen their impact just by being and how um, folks who are introduced to Kay's work can turn around and um, like see themselves in Kay, mm-hmm. and then 
tell their parents like yeah this is a queer Filipinx poet this is a queer non-binary poet like yeah there's like mm-hmm. a strength in that and then um I there's also um I'm forgetting people's names I'm terrible but I remember someone at NWSA um did a close reading of one of Kay's um one of Kay's pieces and about like um their mother's body and like labor and just mm. um yeah just that was like going to church that Sunday just wow. knowing that folks are doing like Filipinx scholars are doing work on other Filipinx people it's just like so cool to see mm-hmm. Um, again, switching gears with young adults. I think this like genre too is very important for like our uh, for younger Filipinos out there because they're like um, bombarded with um, with books that don't have that don't have that Filipino representation or even mm-hmm. like representation of people of color. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's here are my picks. For uh, the parents there, like the titas, the titos, give these to your nephews, nieces, to your kiddos. Um, my pick is uh, Randy Rabai's Patron Saints of Nothing. Um, and this is very um, current, too, because it talks about the um, the drug crisis happening in the Philippines. So it's set during Duterte's presidency. Wow. Um, and it's it has, like, a, a teenager who um, practically is trying to find his cousin because his cousin disappeared mm. during Duterte's presidency. Um, and that's all I'm going to give because I, I like, there's a lot. There's a lot in there. <laughs> that excited. sounds that's pretty cool. cool. And yeah. young adult, whatever, I'm going to read it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, that just makes you think about how our books as <clears throat> Filipinx um, young adults is really edgy versus mm-hmm. like, Maybe Twilight or something, you know. Um, so I am shameless plug, but not shameless because I'm taking up space for um, Yay. as a young adult graphic novel um, creator, and I'm gonna put my book Pushover. And you know, the thing was designed particularly because I didn't always feel feel fully seen in Japanese manga, and so I created Pushover which is deliberate about like not making the teen focus of my experience on love triangles and social hierarchies and more so on um, the kind of pressures I put on myself in terms of trying to be a leader in this upbringing of being a model minority. Um, so in, in Pushover, it talks a lot about student burnout, which um, a lot of um, Filipina readers who have read growing up uh, have resonated with me, have wrote me and told me about how it um, helped them get through um, potential suicide fits as an overachiever. Mm-hmm. So um, it exists and I exist um, for these reasons. So it's pushover. That's cool. Thanks. That's um, a shout out. Yeah, I'm looking at one right now. <laughs> um, my pick is Marvel's New Agents of Atlas. Um, because of the character Wave. Mm-hmm. Also because um, the new Agents of Atlas is hella Asian. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. there's all different kinds of Asians in there. Um, kinds. 
types. <laughs> but I really love um, that Wave uh, speaks in Tagalog yeah. in in these oh, comics. Yeah, I have to put a star on yeah I'm really far behind. Sorry, Ralph. Sorry that I'm poor. <laughs> <laughs> that pull box is like complex. it's probably gone. <laughs> Um, so for our last genre, um, this is something that I think all three of us kind of like connected. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I guess like this is how we all connected because of academia and like Philip, like Philippinex individuals in academia. Um, so here's some, some, some picks for Philippinex professors, Philippinex researchers and scholars researching about the Filipino experience. Right, which is beyond your U.S. history textbook. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Um, so, whew. <laughs> do you want to talk about yours first? I you actually, me? okay, so here's here's my here's my um, thing. I actually have not read a lot of, like, Filipino academia. Mm-hmm. The only person that I have read, like, completely, like, like, um, like from front to back mm-hmm. is... Um, Dr. Ocampo's um, Latinos of Asia. Okay. <clears throat> That's the only thing. But then, like, I have, like, like other professors on that list, like, um, Marman Alansan. Um, like, I've started his, like, Global Divas. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I put it down because... I don't know. Like, it's cool. Uh, Dr. Manalansan is not listening, so it's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, like, so, having just graduated... Yes, yes. Um, and reiterating that like all the reading that I did in that time of my undergrad like a big bulk of it was all like assignments Mm -hmm. and that like uh you don't ever read something front to (laughs) to back so it's cool I'm just um saying that like I too have not read everything front to cover but um I so I think that one of my favorites is um Karen Tongson's um, relocations, queer suburban imaginaries. Um, and I think in a previous conversation, we were kind of talking about like having to leave your home in order to like find your queerness or like to articulate your queer identity. Mm-hmm. Um, in Tongson's book, she um, argues that like, nah, queer shit happens in the suburbs. And mm. so, like, we read that in Dr. Pudung Pat's. Um, Asians in the city class and I found that a lot of that like really resonated with my uh, fandom research Um, and so for sure if you're into like queer studies or suburban studies pick that up and then Dr. Thompson also came out with another book called Why Karen Carpenter Matters I haven't read that yet it's brand new but like I do love the Carpenters and then another favorite of mine is Dr. Valerie Francisco Menchavez's Labor of Care, who I got to meet at NWSA and who is such an amazing person. She's based out of San Francisco State University. Um, and the Labor of Care is about um, domestic workers mm-hmm. and like how they, um, how they sustain like families and like how they um, build community and stuff like that. And she's a sociolo- sociologist and uses oral histories, but she refers to them as quintulhans, which mm-hmm. I thought Quintuhans. was so badass, is so badass. that And 
also thinking of how I, as a researcher, can um, like really decolonize like our methods. Um, and so that's what I really like about Dr. Menchavez's book. And then um, Dr. Cheryl E. Matias, uh, who came to UNLV mm-hmm. um, earlier last year. And yes, I have a book. Feeling white. Yes, that's <laughs> it. Um, so, Dr. Matias, were you here with Dr. Matias? No, actually, um, doc- Dr. Maroon gave it to me. Oh, wow. yeah, that was like that department. Shout out, Dr. Maroon. Um, but there is a chapter in there. I can't remember the exact chapter. <laughs> we will page ah. that. But it's a really compassionate way of um, looking at whiteness, loving whiteness to death. Um, Sadomasochism. Yes. Emotion. Oh my so, God. <laughs> like, it's a really compassionate way of, um, like, looking at whiteness and white supremacy as, like, not just dehumanizing people of color, but white folks really dehumanize themselves and upholding the system of white supremacy. Mm-hmm. It's, like, a really... And I... Like, even though Dr. Matias, I think, is mostly based out of, like, education, um, I think that 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 text in particular can be used in anything. Right. Um, Yeah. In critiquing different systems. Well, yeah, any, like, yeah, like, I saw, I was thinking a lot, you know, I always think about fandom when I'm reading (laughs) whatever (laughs) that's not specifically fandom related, (laughs) Um, but... Yeah, it, like, really... Because it's so easy to be, like, fuck white people. Um, which, like, yeah, but also <laughs> there's more to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I just want to add with the, the labor of care, you know, and how we met in academia. And sometimes we it can be critiqued that we are coming from this, like, bubble or high end circle. But for those who are not in academia and learning about um, just the titles that... Um, Nicole was talking about is that there are researchers who are from our community mm-hmm. writing about us and so if you're you know working in the casinos and feel like you know my life um, is not worth being written about it is and people are and um, and you know there's continued work to be done over and over again so also demand that there be something written about you as yeah well. I mean, that's, like, the whole push for ethnic studies, right? Mm-hmm. Is that we see ourselves in the curriculum. Right. Because we are a part of this community. And honestly, the part of, like, the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, we have to, well, not, not necessarily we have to be studied, but, like, we want to see us in everything. Right. Um, and you could also just go to, like, if you, if you want, um, go to Google Scholar. Or like yeah. maybe even go on like just Google and just search up Filipino professors, right? And you will get a whole list of you will get a list of professors where you can just click their names and see what they've written. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd be surprised at like the the breadth of like the um of the topics that that Filipino professors have written about. And you know, and for for those who are intimidated by academia, like I think that if you're like hey, this doesn't make sense to me, I think that you have every right to write them and be like, this is kind of inaccessible for me to understand. Mm-hmm. Or um, will you have a Tagalog version of it? I think those are, that it's okay to ask those questions. Yeah, I mean, 
<laughs> I have a very hard time reading academic texts. Mm. So, like, like that's very much a thing. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, who are some academics we should watch out for? <laughs> <laughs> um, our friends. Um, <laughs> basically. Um, so, I, I read... Um, America is not in the heart for the first time. Or America is in the heart yes. by Bulasan. I read that for the first time. Um, it was assigned in Dr. Tessa Winkleman's class last semester. Hey, Tessa! Um, and y'all, I was not prepared to read right. that. Like, I had no idea what it was about, and it was like so heavy. Um, and like, I was exposed to so many. Filipino scholars and like all this like I love that I took that Dr. Winkleman's course last semester I learned Mm -hmm. so much but it was also very heavy on my heart and my spirit to like really have a comprehensive history of us Mm -hmm. and not Um, just from like world book encyclopedia yeah like a a comprehensive look at Asian Americans Um, it's like that Matrix Buko Red Hill moment. It was very hard for me (laughs) to finish the semester. Because I think about how we are always fed um, Western ideals, and so when we read our own texts from brown mind to brown mind, it's like an awakening that hurts, like a crash and burn, growing pain, and like, like have the have our people been in this pain so long, and only now at like. In, thir- in your 30s or 20s or 50s right. or 40s or 60s, like, right. shit, like, maybe that's why I'm always sad. Like, you know? And you wouldn't have to do, like, a lot of, like, mental gymnastics about, like, this person that I'm reading about is white. I'm brown. We're feeling the same thing, but we're not. Mm. <sighs> yes. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, are we, we're talking about folks to look out for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I am a big fan of Dr. Tessa Winkleman, (laughs) who, um, I think her book is coming out. I don't know. I don't want to, like, Yeah, we're not putting any pressure on you. Um, I also remember reading um, Jessica Hagejorn's Dog Eaters, because I was a real theater person. I was like, I'm going to do a monologue out of here. And I was like, in high school, I was like, oh, this shit is really... <laughs> I can't perform this, so um, yeah. That I mean, more to the heavy point too. Um, I did buy that book. Oh, so I got, I got uh, what is it called? Dog Eaters as like the novel, and I also have Dog Eaters as the play. Oh, there's two different ones. What? Yeah, it's, it's also by her. So she, she uh, see, she changed it into a a play. It's messed up yeah <laughs> i love it though yeah um for me my person would be um mm, okay maybe like problematic fave um gia tolentino i'm just kidding i have no idea who that is <laughs> okay so gia tolentino writes for i believe the new york and we had this conversation yeah yeah, yeah. wait let me don't let me fact check let me fact check. Um, anyways, she recently, um, she recently, yeah, so she writes for the New Yorker. She recently um, uh, wrote and published Reflections on Self-Delusion, a trick mirror Reflections on Self-Delusion. And it's about how, like, nowadays, us people, general, 
um, delude ourselves into thinking something else about ourselves. Like there's um, essays about um, what is it called? Uh, imposter syndrome. Mm. There's essays about uh, how social media like fucks us up. Mm. Um, there's essays about um, the books. There's actually an essay about the books that she read growing up. Um, oh, interesting. And one of the things that like I kind of like very resonated with, and um, I don't know if you both will, but like all of the books that like she's read growing up about women are about white women. And it's not until the very, very end of that chapter where she's like, but wait, I'm a brown woman. <laughs> right. So like all of like all of the, you know, like this story, like the stories that I've read growing up doesn't necessarily like parallel my experience growing mm. up. Okay, to that point, even if they don't parallel to experience, there's that sense as a brown woman to want to emulate. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, that's where I think a lot of the assassination of myself as an individual and in my own cultural um, lens is like, I'm always going to live in the purgatory of the world because I don't belong, unless I take a space and write, you know, we think about that book that was made by Random House, you know, we think about publishers that are predominantly white publishers, which is why we don't think as a people that we, that being in writing and text making is important, um, but it is um, so much, so it is gatekeeping in many ways, mm-hmm. um, so uh, if you're not going to be a writer or whatever, um, be a producer, be a content maker, or um, be a resource for our people. You don't always have to be the one thing we tell you to be on Bruja, but, you know. Oh, let me uh, also shout out Dr. Adrienne DeLeon, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whose who's, um, research is on, like, decolonizing Filipino identity. Um, I mean, his research is on the Filipino and indigenous populations of the Puget Sound area, but I think he's also writing um, fiction. But I love that he um, like pushes folks to really um, investigate what does it mean to be a Filipino. Ooh. Like, um, like why is Tagalog a language, but why is everything else a dialect? Right. Um, right. Like I was like really messed up about so are you saying um the message is like everything that doesn't subscribe to tagalog or those who like that's the superior verse there's a superior yeah like like there's already like there's a hierarchy right i mean yes of course yes (laughs) there's a hierarchy and just like um yeah you're from the philippines but like or like you where is your family from and like yeah, regional um, differences. Yeah, what is your yeah. indigenous provincial? Um, yeah, or like just like when um, I don't know. Do your parents ever say like that yeah. indigenous Filipino stuff is made up? Yeah, they're like, or they'll say shit like, "Oh, you look like an Igorot." You know what I mean? Yeah, or just yeah, to yeah. like really hate on indigeneity. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. like what this uh, podcast is based <laughs> off. Like to look like you know an indigenous person is negative so which is what brujas are but um yeah i mean i'm really glad we had this heavy radical conversation because books are ideas and ideas don't die Mm -hmm. no they don't 
They do not. I was about to go into a, a tangent, but I digress. <laughs> I digress. But I mean, like with that information, though, like that ideas don't die. What are we supposed to do with something that doesn't die? Like, what are we supposed to do with it? What are we going to do with the knowledge that we know now about these books? Um, I think that, you know, and I do this in my daily practice as being an independent publisher is um, creating resources in the sense that you're the resource. Let me, how do I say this? Like, encourage content creating mm -hmm. in that sense. You know, I tell students, even if today you're not deciding to be a career artist or writer, like, journaling is super important. Um, because even beyond yes. being published, somebody will find your text and understand the world greater through your lens. So, wow! <laughs> I didn't mean for it to sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I know that Daniel put here like um, some recommended things you can oh, do. Yeah. Okay, so here's some things if you need like more structure, if you're like interested about reading, um, here's some things that could help you out. First one, uh, <laughs> it's called um, the Sorry Sorry Book Club. Um, I just found this out. Shout out to, a shout out to my friend Camille. Camille. Um, she was just like, you should join this group. And I checked it out and literally there's a group online that made a book club just for Filipino reads. Um, so I have like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, uh, like twelve-ish books. That's um, all about like all by Filipino authors. Oh wow! And people are going to like have this book club online, so it's accessible anywhere by anyone. Um, I think you have to get your own book. Um, the first meeting is on March first, mm -hmm. um, and you have Coming to reserve. Up. Yeah, you have to reserve your spot. The first book is the my uh, problematic fabe. Um, Gio Tolentino's Trick Mirror. It's a good book. It's just problematic. Oh my gosh, I can't believe we have to have a Patreon so that we can find out why Daniel thinks <laughs> that Atagia is a problematic. Problem. Problem. Problematic. Problematic. Um, um, love you, Gia. Problematic. <laughs> um, second thing, um, a person named Zachary Friall. So, um, a friend of a friend of a friend, I guess, made this spreadsheet um, of Filipino works, and it's not just um, it's not just short stories. It's not just poetry. It's not just like there's also like articles written by Filipinos, mm. films by Filipinos, documentaries by Filipinos. Um, we're gonna put both of these links on mm -hmm. um, on our post. Ding. <laughs> um, please like our post. Please also go on these links. Please support uh, Filipino creators. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what. The, there's a lot of things that you could do to learn more about more about us, <laughs> Filipinos, not the three hosts, but still. <laughs> but still, we're pretty cool. Maybe <laughs> one day a biography will happen. We'll right. come out of Plot Twist Publishing, or um, <laughs> researchers will see this uh, podcast and be like. Who are they? <laughs> what have they done? Oh, we're gonna have our own show. <laughs> Could you imagine on TV? No. Netflix special. Like a better version of The View. <gasps> oh wow! <laughs> Somebody's tita is fighting, <laughs> fighting words. <laughs> um. So, any last things to say before we sign off? 
Or should we take ten minutes before you drop that notebook? (laughs) (laughs) As per usual, go to therapy if you have access to it. And zero pressure to read, honestly. Mm -hmm. Right, right. But if you do want to read, go to your local library. Yes. Free to sign up. All you have to do is like bring a mailing, like a, a proof of like a mailing address, mm-hmm. and you can also access audiobooks. Don't go to Audible, stupid. <laughs> um, oh my gosh! <laughs> I really um, want to encourage, as my closing remark, that try to shop at your brick and mortar or your local brick and mortar, or if online, please try to choose Archipelago Books mm. in the Bay Area who is very intentional about supporting mm-hmm. these writers. And please, if you can do your best, stay off Amazon, please. All right, well, this is Bruja Baddies, and this is Jean. I'm Nicole. I'm Daniel. And this is a podcast <laughs> to magically disappoint your parents. And you ain't no model minority, y'all.